Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, some people say that coast-to-coast athletes are crazy. I've always admired their dedication, the amount of training that must go into it. They're definitely built different. And there's some been some amazing feats of some of our lesser-known world-class athletes. It's nothing short of mind-blowing. And one of those people, he is a multi-sport athlete and coach, Sam Manson. The former Hawke's Bay lad joins us now to talk about competing in and winning Yes, he won the latest edition of the Coast to Coast race in his 11th attempt with a time of 11 hours, 40 minutes and 15 seconds, entering an elite class, including the likes of Steve Gurney, Richard Usher and Braden Curry. Sam, welcome into the show. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, good to, good to chat. Um, I haven't had too many people in a couple of days. A lot of messages, a lot of messages on the phone, but um, otherwise I've been hiding away trying to get some sleep. <laughs> Wake up! Wake up, Sam! Yeah, yeah. The, the big question is, what happened in your childhood to make you choose this crazy sport? Oh, I don't know. I don't think uh, my childhood really sort of represented multi-sport and endurance racing. But, um, you know, I was brought up uh, in small town Wairau, uh, parents on a, on, a, on a lifestyle block, you know, it was a, it was a nice place to be. Uh, eventually ended up uh, boarding school in Napier and even there though in boarding school I, I didn't do a hell of a lot of sport um, eventually got into uh, you know just the basics you know a bit of, bit of hockey yeah. uh, but I wasn't very good at it wasn't very good at it and then uh, maybe a little bit of orienteering because that was kind of fun with some mates eventually got into whitewater kayaking which honestly was probably a big step forward in, in preparing me for Māori sport because whitewater kayaking or the kayaking stage of the coast to coast is the most technical part or one of the most technical parts of it and, and often what other people struggle with especially if you're new to it so uh, that set me up super well and, and when I got to the last year of high school that's when I just sort of heard about these sort of this race and heard about adventure racing and, and was very interested in it. I'm not entirely sure why. I guess just the same reason anyone else is interested in it. Just the, the cool aspect of, of you know, this off-road racing, beautiful uh, South Island, Southern Alps, and just finding a way to, to, to train yourself and to be able to get over this course and, and prove to yourself that you can do it and, and get over this incredibly long distance on such a challenging course. And, but I also just straight away wanted to win it. And I, I can't really explain why, but maybe it was just wanting to see if I could as well and, and wanting to be like people like people like Uni and Richard Usher, who were the sort of people I was looking to up, up to at the time and, and were at their, their prime. A lot of people say there's that saying, third time lucky. You're 11th time lucky. How how did you stay dedicated enough and push on 11 attempts and you got the win? Why did it happen this time? Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's not, not quite right. It was uh, the ninth, ninth time. Ninth okay. time. So it's quite funny. All, all the uh, headlines have been saying 11. I'm not sure where that rumour came, but it's not It's not far <laughs> off. It's, it's pretty much the same, isn't it? Nine or 11. It's, same. it's a lot. It's, it's, it's too many times. Yeah, I uh, always said I was one and done. So my first one was in 2013, and, and I came into that race uh, after three years of training towards it and, and uh, was hoping to win. And I was pretty young. I was 21 years old, and but I just had the mindset uh, of wanting to win. And 
I hadn't raced anyone there before really, or not really, and I hadn't really had a chance to compare myself against any of them. So I, it was very, in some ways, naive because I didn't really realise, or even even ignorant, I didn't realise that I was actually that much slower than everyone. Um, <laughs> but I still managed to get ninth, ninth, and uh, that was incredible. But I was disappointed still, and mate, I just, I wanted to win, and I want to stand by that goal, and a lot, if I see the goal, I guess I'd like to say that I, that I want to keep going for that goal until I've achieved it, and sometimes it's, it's important to be able to know your limits and, and stop at some point when you think you've come far enough, but I watch other people do that, uh, you know, who were coming in the top 10 or the top 5 over the last few years, and, and they stop eventually because they've tried so many times, and I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to be the guy that, that actually got there. And so just keep coming back, eh? Keep coming back. And it's a wonderful sport. It's it's something that's created a lot of opportunities along the way. You know, just becoming this fit uh, and strong at those particular disciplines. Um, it opened doors to adventure racing overseas. And that just helped build the foundation of, of being able to maintain and uh, the sport and, and sustain it maybe a tiny bit financially, maybe a little bit of prize money, but mostly just because it's so enjoyable, the crowd, the people, the culture of it. Mm. The, the cool thing is is most sports are played in a stadium quite manufactured. Your stadium is out in the wilderness, which, which is fantastic. And I wanted to ask you about your training regime, prepping for something like the coast-to-coast. Coast. Like You can go out on the road and ride a bike. You can run on the road and, and run... Um, that sort of thing, but how do you train for running up? Is it goat pass and on boulders and things like? And I ask that question because we had Mike Dawson in studio a couple of weeks ago, just who just um, conquered the South Pole, and he said he used to go running through the Waitakere's with a tractor tire tied behind him to mimic the sled that he'd have to pull in the South Pole. So, do you have to get funky with your training regimes? How do you do it? Oh, I mean, I, I guess I, I have been pretty funky, I guess, at times. I, I, I did my first couple of races uh, when I was living in Auckland. I had a job in Auckland for about four years. And uh, that actually, you know, it's quite different to, to go past to to the Southern Alps. But, uh, you know, you make it work with it wherever you are and, of course, try to come down the course and actually see what the course is specifically like. Um, but, you know, Auckland had a, had a few things to go, like just like Mike mentioned, the Waitakere range actually is, is a pretty tough range and some good trails in there, and if you get in the streams, which I think you're not so much allowed to go into anymore because of the Cody dieback, but, um, you know, there's, there's rocks. you just got to find rocks. You know there's rocks mm-hmm. in the race, so you've got to go find rocks and spend some time in there and just go find them. And I used to run the North Shore rocks uh, between the beaches. There's plenty of slippery rocks around there. Uh, Rangatoto Island, you know, there's rocks around there, and, you know, uh, most towns, they've got rocks, so you've just got to go find them, spend some time on them. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, there's plenty of awesome trail running events in New Zealand, so I just clocked all those up, you know, entered every running race on the calendar for a while just to experience different types of trails and in an enjoyable way, though, around other people. And, and then eventually um, you just start getting up the Topo 50 map and just following some trails in the bushes and just go exploring. That's the kind of cool thing about the sport is you get to see some pretty awesome places in your training. You don't have to go to the same place every time. You can go explore new places and, and, and see some pretty cool things in New Zealand. Just over 11 and a half hours in the saddle, in the kayak, on your feet. What's the mental side of the race like? Do you have moments during the race where you're just buried in your thoughts and you have to change your thought patterns to stay on top of things? Always. Yeah, always adjusting things, man. Uh, that, that's 
uh, fortunate for me is because I've done this so many times, not just coast to coast, but also many other endurance events now. Uh, you've seen it all. Things have gone wrong so many times. Uh, you know, I, by wrong, I guess not not necessarily to the to the ideal plan. Whether it's a mechanical or whether that's physically how you're feeling, um, whether you trip and hurt yourself or drop something, like it might drop some food. That's actually really important to maintaining, you know, nutritional stability. So it's all happened, and, and so you're prepared for all those situations to a certain extent. And even if I have a situation that I'm not prepared for. Mm. Um, then you you find a way just to calm yourself down, clear the head, and and figure out a solution. So that's that's thanks to experience, and uh, some people get that from the get go. But I think it's it's definitely more common to build that over the, over the years. So no, I mean I, I knew that I came to the race. I knew that I was going to be behind in the early stages because I knew those guys are a lot faster over goat pass. I didn't have a great training block. You know, you always have dreamed your training block and, and you plan it well, but even your training to the race doesn't necessarily go very smooth. And so I came to the race thinking a bit worried. Uh, I'm not going to be as quick. I told my crew I'd be probably be, you know, about fifth place over the run. Not, not to worry about it because my plan was to look after myself, not push too hard, eat heaps of food and, and to send it in the second half of the race. And, and thankfully that's exactly what happened. And, and so for me, my, my race plan actually was executed really well. And I didn't have too many issues during the day. So I knew that I was going to be a bit slow at the start and then pull it through at the end. I didn't know for sure when I got on that last bike ride whether the legs were going to be there. Quite often you get to that part of the race. So the, the race finishes with the 70k bike ride across the Canary Plains. And normally that's where uh, the race can be won and lost because it is a long stage. It's, it's 70 kilometres. Generally, completely, well, it is completely flat, but generally into a headwind. And so that's where uh, it can be really mentally tough. And often you get in there and you might have gone a little bit fast during the day or maybe too fast and your legs just fried. But I hopped on the bike and actually my legs, for whatever reason, uh, yeah. were feeling really good. They were feeling great. And so I actually finished quite strong, which was hard to do in a, in a race that long. Out there competing, do, do you compare it as lean on, on each other for support during the race, or is it dog eat dog out there? Well, I like to lean off each other, eh? Just because I know them all, pretty much all of them, and especially if the guys I've trained with and I know them well, and um, you know they're good, they're good blokes. So you know, you want, I want everyone to do well. Um, you know, the only person I might not enjoy been around as someone who might have bothered me before the race or maybe not done their fair share on the bunch ride yeah. um, <laughs> their first stage um, but other than that yeah, we got we had a few guys come over from Australia Alex and Robbie and Tim Boot and it was awesome to have them back because we haven't had any Aussies for a while or you know overseas competitors and genuinely want them to do well, you want to see what these guys can do you want these guys to push the pace and to, to push the boundaries of, <coughs> of Māori sport and develop improving the sport so I might offer a tiny bit of advice or a bit of banter along the way because it's a long day you don't want to just be quiet the whole time and even though someone's around you so you you chat here and there Um, but if they want to send it and and do their own thing then that's on them but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll chat a little bit it's a, it's a really physically demanding sport. Now, while you're not getting smashed like rugby and rugby league players, you certainly put your body through the mill. Are you ever 100% fit without niggles? 
No, no way, man. Yeah, oh, I've got plenty of bruises today. <laughs> yeah, that goat path is, is tough. Uh, I don't think it's possible to get over that pass without covered in bruises and, and cuts. Uh, the rocks, just because there's so many rocks, and you, you are aiming to stand on a rock quite accurately each time, but you're doing thousands of steps, and it's easy to make a mistake, especially when you're crossing a river. So you smash your ankles to pieces, or you might slip over and smash your shins and your knee. Can, uh, can you, you actually describe... Can you describe... Goat Pass, because most of us will never go there, and you see pictures of it, but I feel like through the TV lens, we don't understand the aggressive nature of Goat Pass, and I'm watching these people, you're using both feet, both hands, knees, you're just, it it looks nuts. Can you paint a picture for us as you approach Goat Pass and what it's like to go over it as an athlete? Well, the best the best way is you just got to get in there. Um, anyone can go there. Honestly, it's 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 not that hard a place to get to. I mean, you want to be prepared for the conditions and the weather and all that stuff. But uh, it's, it's rocks. You're you're on a riverbed. It's uh, it's Southern Alps. Uh, you know, the, off the off the hills there, you've got a lot of, of creeks dumping a lot of water and bringing down a lot of uh, a lot of rocks off the mountains. And so this this river, you go up a riverbed. And you're going up this riverbed for, for 15, 16 kilometres. <laughs> but the further you get up the riverbed, the bigger the rocks get because that's just the way they are. You know, the further they roll down the hill, the, the smaller they crumble. And if there's been recent flooding, then every rock there is just loosed and stacked up. So if there hasn't been rain for a while, you might get lucky. And, and uh, the amount of trampers and just, you know, just time essentially. Uh, does settle the rocks and make it slightly, ever so slightly easier to, to walk and run over them. But because of the way the river works, it, it, it winds, doesn't it? It goes left and right. It's east bends everywhere. So it's if you're trying to get a fast time, it's it's often more efficient to to try and hold a nice straight line through there, which means crossing the river at every east bend to save time and often to get under bluffs. So you're, you're crossing the river. I think there's over 20 crossings. And if the river's high, you know, they can be quite deep and quite swift and you can't really see your footsteps in those sections, so you've got to be quite careful. But on, on, on race day, uh, probably running at full speed into the river and you're just jumping and hoping that your foot lands somewhere that isn't going to break, break your ankle. But um, you'd be surprised if you've done it enough times now. It actually works out re- relatively well. <laughs> I haven't actually broken an ankle yet. How long, from when yeah. you, how long from when you enter Goat Pass to getting out the other end of it? How, how long? Because that must be incredible concentration, as you say, trying to find land every single one of those thousands of steps to flush on a rock or don't know where it's landing. How long are you in that state of physical and mental full-on concentration in Goat Pass? Oh, the, the whole way. Yeah, the whole way. Well, the, I guess not necessarily the whole way because the, I have uh, lapsed concentration and that's where I trip and fall. So uh, if you, you better be uh, thinking, concentrating the whole way. If you're not, you should probably stop and have a breather and have a rest because, yeah, if you're not thinking and concentrating the whole way, you, you'll catch your toe on a rock and that's when you trip and fall and it does hurt. So, yeah, the, the, the whole way. Every every step is technical. Um, but there's a couple of sections of boardwalk, I suppose, but even that, I guess you could trip and fall on. So, no, you, you want to be on your A-game the whole way. It's uh, So I do guided trips for top sport, and so our slightly slower guided trips, we're looking at getting to go past, which is around 16, 17 k's into the into the stage, the, the high point, obviously, that takes about you know, four hours to get to. Um, on race day, it takes me just under two hours, so about an hour and 50. Uh, and then 
from Goat Pass, you're going over the Alps, over the, over the Southern Alps to the other side, and you're going down a, a new riverbed all the way to uh, a place called Klondike, which is where the stage finishes. And, of course, that that's follows a river as well, as well as a, a uh, bush bush track and and that section takes another you know another two hours or uh, i guess if, you, if you're going fast then you can do it in about an hour it's just over an hour but you've got to be really centered and of course downhill comes with a few consequences as well <laughs> how long's the recovery like um do you uh, do you feed up or do you have active recovery what what does this week look like for you oh oh definitely haven't done anything for a few days and and sometimes i've taken a couple of weeks off I'm not sure if it's the high from the wind, but I don't feel like having too long a break. I'm actually quite keen to get out there again. It's, it's such. I obviously enjoy what I do. I enjoy going for runs. I enjoy going for a bike, especially when you're fit. So, um, no, I'll, I'll get out and do the odd fun bike ride and fun, fun, fun jog and pedal. Uh, maybe maybe tomorrow might be my first bike session. I might just go for a, not no, I wouldn't call it a session. I might just go for a cruising mountain bike in the hills with a friend, <laughs> have a coffee at the end, yeah, you know, all that normal cool stuff that cyclists do. <laughs> Walk into cafes with your with your cleated shoes and your lycra. Love you guys. Uh, no, I mean I, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> I mean the thing is that sort of that sort of culture of cycling, it, it, it's cool. Um, I don't I don't do it a lot, um, but you don't really understand it until you're actually in it. So. Mm. Yeah, 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 you can't, you can't judge something. I, I, uh, I enjoy all my sports. Cycling is one of the hardest ones to enjoy because of all the roads and the cars, and, yeah. and obviously I'm, a, I'm very much a car driver as much as a cyclist. Um, and it's, it's a sport you really don't understand until you, until you do it. And it is awesome. It's just, uh, it is a little bit scary out there on the road. Mm. <laughs> hey Sam, massive congratulations. I, I just tip my hat. You know, nine cracks you, you got there, and uh, I can just hear the delight and the satisfaction in your voice. Uh, once again, massive congratulations. It's an incredible race, and um, we wish you well in the future. Enjoy your bike ride tomorrow. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm uh, I'm over the moon. I'm super happy to, to finally get there, mate. And yeah, thanks for having me.